in the Brothers K. We have, uh, you know, that really spooky scene where Father Zosima kneels down and in the direction, you know, at the feet of Dimitri. What could that mean? Who knows? And then, um, of course, the Grand Inquisitor is a mind brand as well, but also because it's not just the story, the fact that Ivan gets a kiss from Alyosha that trumps all speech. In other words, you've gotten past what you can do with language now, just like Jesus did. And that's the point. Um, all the great achievements in, how can I put it, in literature and music and what you might call the communicative arts always seem to yearn to break the boundaries of that and to move into something else. If you listen, we'll talk about this, to the last movement of Beethoven's Ninth, there's just so much going on in the first three movements that it has to break into singing because that's the final stage in the development of this astonishing godlike sound. So yeah, he's trying to break the boundaries of music and uh, literary figures that try and break the, break the boundaries of literature are often interesting. You know, it's not always the case that they're, uh, that they're worth reading, but in the case of Dostoevsky, they are. I mean, so we got that weird scene with Father Zosima. We got that other very strange scene uh, the Grand Inquisitor. There's nothing quite like that, the burden of freedom. And then we also get this very gnarly scene with the devil and uh, Ivan. And there are lots of interesting arguments that, that one might have looking back at that, trying to figure out, okay, what is this? You know, it's, what is it that's being described here? Is this something like delirium from a fever? Is this a dream? Um, is this a section of Ivan's unconscious manifesting itself? I mean, I think it'll be the Freudian reading, reading in Freud, really like that. Or is it, you know, <laughs> what might be even more terrifying, is it meant that the devil just showed up one night? <laughs> I mean, we're not given any, more, any way that I can see of distinguishing between those possibilities. So, this is another case of <laughs> pushing the envelope of literature and uh, I've always thought that scene with Ivan and when, of course when he testifies and everybody's looking at him gravely because he's the intellectual. Yeah. Explains that he's had a chat with the devil. He looks and he's absolutely guilty. insane. Yeah. Because um, like he's still in that sort of delirium, so he looks physically sick too, and he's dragging his carcass up there saying, I talked to the devil. He said, You're all full of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they are. They are. See, that would be one of the most diabolical things the devil could do every once in a while to say that 2 plus 2 is 4. Because right, people tend to react, oh, the devil said it, so it must be false. Well, no. Uh, regrettably, you actually have to take a look. 
Yeah. It's, it's like as I was um, reading the line where he says, who has not wished for his father's death, it, it was like it kind of echoed. It's, like, it's the universal edifice complex that Freud talked about. Now, that may be bunk. Uh, yeah. I think it very likely is, but, uh, you know, generational conflict happens. And uh, particularly when, you know, the parties are as weird and twisted as the Karamazov family. I mean, it's a completely male ambiance. There's no element of femininity here. And the story is an epic. It's gigantic. And uh, the boys are all fragments of a fully developed human being. And the elder Karamazov is a monster. Mm -hmm. Right. But then you got so is Smerdyakov. Yeah. I found the ending to be very harrowing because I was hoping that they would acquit Dimitri. I was hoping that they would. But they're going to get him, they're going to bribe somebody. He's going to get away. He's not going to. I didn't read the epilogue, but I'll do that tonight. Oh, yeah. They're going to get sent to a very thing. Ivan. I think is on the road to spiritual renewal. I think that it, once you encounter the devil, um, you can't actually leave God out of the equation. You believe in one of them or both, and uh, I think his, his chat with the devil has convinced him in a way that no one else is going to be able to unconvince him. So yeah, he's on a different kind of spiritual journey to try and learn what's better than being reasonable. And that's Alyosha. And uh, even when uh, the uh, children, uh, you know, who have been around Captain Snegorov's son, they throw up their caps and say, hooray for for, uh, Karamazov. And yeah, uh, this is the way out. This is the best and most wholesome of the characters we met. He was not perfect, but he was good. And what made him good is that he pursued the imitatio Christi. He pursued the imitation of Christ in his life. So what we get in Dostoevsky is a very sophisticated defense of Christianity that's partially made up by these fascinating mystical symbols like Alyosha and his relationship with Father Zosima and all that. Um, rather than defend Christianity, what he does is lash out at some of the alternatives to Christianity that have been imported from Europe into Russia. And these things he regards as corrupt moral ideas. And uh, Revolutionary socialism and left-wing revolutionary agitation is just one of many. There's also scientific materialism, which denies the soul. So Dostoevsky is against all that stuff. He says, I mean, what he is is uh, a new kind of traditionalist (laughs) who defends, not by writing theological treatises that nobody reads, but by writing novels, which is the verbal analog of drawing portraits, and having uh, insight into the human experience in its varied forms. 
and uh, he's going to try and give us uh, an apology for the fact that he doesn't think that the European Enlightenment or the or European cultural traditions have anything to offer Russia. Um, remember, I mean, have this guy. Uh, I like the fact the Tsar had a sense of humor. Remember, when pardoning him, just as they were. I haven't read the epilogue. Oh, it's not in the epilogue. No, this is the personal life of Dostoevsky. Oh, I mean, I haven't read that either. Oh, let me tell you a little about that. Look, I really know about him. This might, this might help explain of why he's such an excitement. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, when he was staring down the barrel of a gun. Right. And then the yeah, Tsar says, now, you can yeah. now give him the reprieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually uh, <laughs> likely to change your, your view of things. Yeah. What was he even arrested for? What was that all about? Uh, left-wing, plot, left-wing plotting to overthrow the government. You know, one of those student yeah. uh, fu- exercises in futility from... Uh, you know, 19th century Russia. Um, I suppose that her chewing is better than barking. It sure is. <laughs> As a matter of fact, my chewing is better than barking. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah. I think everybody knows. Um... What do you think? Had you, I mean, about Dostoevsky and this gigantic novel? I mean, what, how did you react to it when you found? I thought it was it was an incredible book, actually. You thought it was a terrible book. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it is an incredible book. Yeah. I mean, it's a mind blowing book in so many ways. Um, there's a whole bunch about human psychology that I know as a result of that. That I, I would have been okay not knowing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, stupid self-destructive things that people do. Yeah, I finally got to the part that you were describing where she slams her, her finger in the door and goes, and bitch, bitch, bitch. And the problem is people do shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, but who has yeah. the nerve? To admit to it. I mean, to, to, to write. Yeah. yeah, to publish it. Mother of God. God, no, and um, he describes exactly what that finger looks like. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. black and it's losing the nail. Yeah, and just, oh, and the problem is, thank you, that uh, human beings are not the rational profit maximizers of uh, economic theory. They do all kinds of stuff for all kinds of reasons. Only some of which are economic. Uh, but even the idea of self-interest um, you can't even depend upon that. That's how fucked up people are. <laughs> Sometimes people will, will sabotage themselves just because that's what they do. Sometimes people like to hurt themselves. And, of course, there's a great essay by Max Weber. I think it's people who are destroyed by their own success. And uh, that part where she slams the door, you just I can't help but think there's really no need for that at all. And yet, here it is. Yeah, that's the point where you just kind of close the book and stare at the wall for a second. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah. Or you get up and walk around talking to yourself. Just I'm not certain yeah. that I can process that. Yeah, you have a larger tendency for pacing than I do. Yeah, that's right, of course. <laughs>
But you, there is a point where you have to say, all right, timeout. <laughs> Dostoevsky says you're going to be like that. You're going to get a timeout. Uh, yeah. Well, it's like the ghost of Dostoevsky is staring at you without blinking. Well, that's true, right? I mean, you know, here's a chronic compulsive gambler and uh, yeah. obsessed with religious questions and, I mean, a, a, an absolute genius of a writer. I mean, the greatest depth I could find in, uh, well, in any novel, that's just my view, but also, I mean, uh, much deeper psychologist than Freud could ever hope to be. Actually, we learn more about the psyche from uh, art than from science. I think that science can tell you about other people, but art tells you about yourself. Yes, I think that's true. But the opposite is true, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I think that the difference is that if you're looking at an art piece and you don't know anything about the person that made it, you project yourself onto it. Mm -hmm. You'd have to have some sort of background knowledge to learn about someone else. Yep. That's why I find going to museums sort of um, like a sensory overload because you have um, all of these different artists to try and um, fit into your mind and fit all of their experiences into yourself. Like, God, there's only so much room in there. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, that's why, you know, I never exhausted going to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Yeah. You know? <laughs> While I was in New York, I was there 10 years, and I used to be a regular. Uh, same with the symphony, you know, same with the jazz clubs. I mean, there's so much to do. Uh, I try to keep up with it properly. That way, I, I figured when I got old, like I am now, if I were, uh, say, uh, as slow as a tortoise and uh, didn't go much of anywhere, uh, I'd still have been you know, blessed with lots of uh, good times in the, the big city. You have your own mental gallery now? I do, actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, also, it also has music in it, right? I remember when I told you that look at that second movement, or listen to that second movement of Beethoven's Pathétique. That's such a gorgeous piece. I mean, because it's so simple, and yet so aristocratic. It's so full of heroic resignation. I often think of Nathan Hale, the American patriot, being hanged, and he's walking up the scaffold, and he stops and says, my only regret is I have one life to give for my country. I mean, it's that kind of, I'm going to stand up and uh, face the music. And uh, it's not scared, it's quite resolute. And I've always loved that, that particular piece. I hope you, maybe we'll get the chance to listen to Beethoven together. That would be a good thing. I'm so happy for you and so proud you're going away to get an education. Yeah. And you're going out of the country. We've kind of slacked on our movies lately. We'll have to catch up with Clockwork Orange. Um, that's fine. What, are those, what did we miss last um, summer? 
last Sunday, so two days ago, that was, I forget what it was, it was love and something, I forget what the other word was. Oh, <laughs> love and death. Yeah. By Woody Allen. <laughs> okay, Woody Allen really likes these big Russian novels, too. I'm sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> but he made a comic send-up of the Russians, and it's kind of true, they are sort of mental. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of crazy shit going on there. Uh, a lot of stuff dredged up from the guy's subconscious that also happened to be lurking in my subconscious that, you know, if it were fish, I'd just cut the line. I, I don't want this. You know what I'm saying? But he brings it up and puts it in everybody's face. You got one of these. I mean, bitch, bitch, bitch. And what is she, like 11? Something like that. She's decided that she's engaged to Alyosha, but now she's not, and then she is again. So, yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah, right. We have thinking, well, that sounds like a match made in heaven, doesn't yeah. it? Bitch, bitch, bitch. Oh, good lord. And yet, if Alyosha were to marry her, no doubt she would heal. Yeah, simply because of what a good man he is. Yeah, yeah. But, I was born Ivan and became Dimitri and then ended up being a bad version of Alyosha. Yes. They're actually going to stop me St. Peter and said, I'm sorry, this has been a mistake. You you see, I don't don't think you're doing a bad job of Alyosha. I disagree Uh, with that. I did. No, I mean, look, everybody likes Alyosha. He's kind to everybody. He's a sweetheart. And everybody can say, oh, he's such a lovely fellow. Whereas, as my students said, they gave me a an epitaph while I was at Columbia, and it was, this is my good sign. Yeah. You don't have the same anger, but you do have the same presence as Meryl Streep and the Devil Wears Prada. You do have that sort of air about you when you walk into a room. What the hell that you can see you're intimidating, but you're not actually mean. Oh. No, Meryl Steve is actually mean. She was a little... Yeah, I know. That's why I said that you're only like bitch. that. Ex- you're like that externally. Yeah. Well, you know, people wouldn't be wrong in saying that I'm a crazy bastard. <laughs> it's been a long time since I said that. Yeah, probably so. 